thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Nick Brown, CEO and founder of shoe brand, Saludos. Because the brand's tagline is inspired by our travels made for yours, I wanted to ask Nick about how he's adjusted strategies to compensate for most everyone staying at home. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, Jill. So good to be with you. Yes, you too. All the way from Berlin, Germany. Hey. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you're you are traveling a little bit, but talk to me. It's been a rough three months, no doubt. Four months now. Um, yes. Travel. Have you shifted marketing? First of all, let's start there. So, in terms of adapting um, to a world without travel, you know, I I think we've through this time, it's really been an exercise in empathy. Um, in terms of trying to be closer to our customer. And Instagram has been such an important part of our brand story from the beginning. And I, and I think over the past few months, and certainly in those initial weeks, we reached out to a number of customers and asked surveys and questions and saying, well, how can we be here for you and what makes sense? And and to our surprise, uh, feeling very inadequate because as a brand focused on travel uh, <laughs> at a time when all planes were literally grounded, um, we were surprised to see that that our customers still wanted uh, that escapism, still wanted uh, to feel um, as though she, she that inspiration. Um, yeah. And so we've continued to focus on that as well as, um, you know, reaching out to, we're fortunate to have some, some really talented individuals and giving individuals in our community who've who've reached out, whether it's through you know yoga classes or cooking classes, um, various playlists, and so we've just tried to be there, um, nice as best we can. Yes, were those surveys? Was that like an email thing? How are you? Um, how are you getting the feedback? So we've we've kind of done a blend, uh, whether it's through social. You know, the same person who's probably engaging with social is probably not engaging with email, and vice versa. So so we've. And we also work with a company called Maker's Site uh, in terms of surveying uh, on on listening to what style she she's interested in, um, and so it's it's been a been a bit of both, um, and you kind of get a different blend of probably customer cohorts and segments, yeah. um, and it's it's I think it's the most important thing is to try to be as close as you can um, to your customer, especially during these trying times when. Um, you know, it kind of what almost feels like a second wave, but we're very much in, in the midst of the first still, unfortunately, is, is there is that uncertainty. Um, and each each customer is, 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 is very much living as we are in that uncertainty and trying to figure out, um, you know, what's next. Um, and so I think just, just trying to listen and be there is the most important thing. Yes. Do you consider it um, a lucky move um, that, I mean, especially the fact that you're a shoe brand, you're, you're in a tough category here. That's We've been hearing that called out time and time again. Who's buying shoes? Who's buying shoes? Who's buying shoes? I know that you launched um, apparel, or maybe it was the first full collection. Am I correct? Early March. Um, and yes. yeah, was that just kind of a happy coincidence and leaning into that now? Yeah, I mean, we launched apparel in, God, we had a, um, I think it must have been about two weeks prior to closing our office when we launched apparel um, and we were thrilled um, with, our, with our first you know, true collection of about I think about 20 different items uh, that are all got certified um, organic cotton 
Um, and it, it was it was fortuitous in, in, in well, I mean, we've been working on it f- for a long time, um, but it's still a very small piece of small piece of our business. And it was yeah. very much still, I think in, you know, we, we'd prior to pre COVID, we'd already, we have already kind of shifted the majority of our businesses to being online. So 70% of our businesses is, is through our own e-commerce site. Oh, great. Um, and so we very much kind of test and learn and listen to see what she interested in. She interested more in, in, in the, in the t- embroidered t-shirt or the dresses or the jumpsuits and so um you know obviously it's there's more important things in in march and april than than our in rainbow embroidered jumpsuit uh, but it was still important to kind of um have that product there and see how our community is reacting to it yeah what what um, were they buying um were they buying shoes were they taking a minute i know like march late march was that was like panic mode am i correct sales mm-hmm. way down and then maybe anyway talk me through it so yeah that's very much what we saw and i think um you know what's really driving our business is sneakers and as you can imagine comfort yeah um and so um we work with a number of really talented artists um that we partner with including um marie sophie lockhart who's um used who's a parisian um embroidery artist who creates these incredible, incredibly rich textured embroidery um, that are very um, kind of uplifting um, and and really colorful and vibrant. Um, And we saw those take off um, as as they had been for a little while, but they're optimistic. I mean, they're literally waves and sunshines and rainbows on really soft leather sneakers that you can wear every day. They're the kind of front of closet staples. And that's what was driving the business. And she's obviously not buying those event heels or even even the wedges um and so we've very much been been focused on our, on our sneaker business and and uh, sandals that are very much focused on 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 comfort obviously a lot of customers um did not have um pedicures during the first few months so open toe probably was not driving but it's really been focused on on, on comfort so yeah, um, that's that's what we've been seeing. Did this impact long term strategy? I just had a story that was kind of like the end of fashion in the tr- traditional sense where it's more a move to these um, comfortable styles, classic styles. Um, yeah. Long term. Will you lean further into s- sneakers? Will you maybe shy away from some of those dressier looks? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I started Solidos 10 years ago, so it's been 10 years. And Ooh. when we when I started, uh, it was in the midst of the last recession. Um, and so, you know, in a way, Saludos was born in a recession. And and I think with constraints comes innovation. Um, and I think it kind of reminds me the last few months of those scrappy early days yeah. um, where we're very much focused on what our customer wants and keeping it simple. I mean, it's interesting. I remember, like, was it 2007, there was... You know, it was all about kind of ornaments and studs and being very sexy and over the top. And then 2010, it shifted um, towards minimalism and modernism and, and you know, kind of the rise of, uh, you know, Everlane and, um, you know, the sans serif, glossier driven brands that are refreshingly minimalist and to the point yeah. and simple. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. And being I'm here in Germany and, and surrounded by glorious Bauhaus architecture and 
And that, you know, Mies van der Rohe, um, that was all 1919, right after the Spanish flu in 1918, where it was all about form guiding function and minimalism. So it's going to be interesting, you know, are we going to return to a time when it is about minimalism? And, and in some of these customer surveys, you know, and certainly in my own life, yeah. I'm only buying what I need to. And exactly. I'm not going out, you know, that much. I'm in lockdown just like the rest of the world. Um, and so is it going to be less frivolous, less embellishment and more simplicity? Um, simplicity being, you know, the ultimate elegance. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all develops. Um, I think for us, we're, we're trying to, I think where fashion is going to go is, which is, is a continuation of the trends of less is more. Um, a return to simplicity and and as as in 2010 it's going to be about value with values so yes. never has it been more important um, to ensure that there's integrity and a foundation of values beneath strong value propositions and I think going slower and working harder to really carve out meaningful product um, is is where the industry is going and I, and I think that's only going to become more important um, with a with a consumer who, just like myself and every everyone I speak to, is more and more focused on on sustainability and and making sure that we're being as good to the planet uh, yes. as it is to us. Yes, tell me about that. Um, as the consumer is becoming more more thoughtful, we're hearing a lot. They're at home. They're doing more research. They are buying what they need, but they want to make it good. Um, did that kind of uh, I don't know, motivate, is that why this vegan shoe came out now? Has that been, that was within the last week, correct? And was that in the works? And why, <laughs> anyway, why now? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's been, it's been in the works for us for two years. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> it's um, really exciting. We, we just launched um, a really innovative vegan sneaker um, called Yebo. Uh, and you're right, it just launched a week ago. Um, it's made in Portugal and basically about two years ago, um, we were getting a number of comments on our Instagram uh, from our customers asking for a vegan version of our, our sneakers. And so we, we reached out to um, a great um, sustainability expert or consultant and said, we're thinking about doing a, a vegan leather shoe, but we don't know anything about vegan leather. And, and the more we learned working with her, we realized that traditional vegan leather, you know, is traditionally made of polyurethane or PVC, uh, which is basically fossil fuel based. It's really bad for the environment. So we thought, well, how can we do this better? And so we ended up finding this lab in, in Italy um, that uses kind of non-edible corn to create this bio-based leather, um, so you know, cool. that's then combined with recycled plastic bottles. Um, and it looks like leather, um, it's, but it's even softer and it's, it's made of plants. So um, we're really thrilled and we've been working it for a while. And, you know, the outsole is, is natural and recycled rubber. Um, the cotton is, is organic cotton. So everything in the shoe is, is, um, is both sustainable and vegan, which is the, the problem we are trying to solve. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've been working. It's made in Portugal, just outside of Porto um, in this beautiful town. It's a family owned factory. So we're thrilled to be working with them. And, and unfortunately, you know, there were supply shocks as the whole mm. world had. So there were delays. So initially, it was supposed to launch earlier in, in the year. Um, and I think, you, I think you know, we, we were so proud of the product, we wanted to get it out. Um, okay. And because we had a, a community that was asking for it. 
Um, and I think it's it's a big step forward for us because it it has such strong reason for being and it's really considered. And, and you know, as I just said, I think it's taking more time to develop more meaningful product. And, and that's that's really what we want to do. That's a shift we're seeing in our business. Um, and I think Yebo is, is very much, you know, embodies that shift. So really, really proud of that product. And we've had a, a fantastic reception just in the past 10 days. Nice. That's great. Um, last time we talked, I think that you um, were talking about this kind of AI-driven design. You were trying to, um, I guess, expedite the supply chain, the production process. Is it either sustainable and worth it? You wait for it? Or, you know, can it be both? Can it be fast and can it be sustainable? I think it's a really good point. I, I think where I don't, I, we don't know the answer, but we're trying. <laughs> I think where we see the opportunity is, is buying less inventory. And I think traditionally, you know, a lot of um, companies will focus on the, the kind of the sexy eco material, but what you don't see is the inventory that you know is has been burned or is is in is in waste and i think that you know the big challenge and opportunity in the industry um is making sure that essentially it's we're making as much made to order product as possible nice. um but at a scale um that makes sense so that, that there isn't waste and i think the best way that we've we've tried to achieve that is through is through testing yeah. through getting feedback um and and not and making sure that it's it's the right product market fit, um, and and so that's certainly been achieved through through pre order, um, which which really helps us ensure that there's minimal waste, um, and and yeah, so that's that's really been the focus for us is shortening the supply chain and ensuring that it, it's as close to made to order as possible to minimize waste. Is it, are you able to do that and also have retail partners? Do you have retail partners now? Who who makes sense for you? We do have retail partners, and I, I think you know it's a it's a fascinating time in in wholesale. And and you know, when I started the brand ten years ago, certainly the majority of our business is wholesalers, and we have some really we have some great partners. Um, I think certainly for us, what we're seeing is the tried and true products that we have, what's traditionally called core. Um, continues to sell very well in wholesale. Um, it's when it's with the newness that comes with the risk of it not working where the trouble starts. So I think it's I think what's going to be interesting is to see how um, brands and retailers can reconcile um, a model that maybe hasn't worked, especially in the midst of, of cancellations that you know they had to be they had to be made, um, but had massive ramifications for both brands factories, factory yeah. workers, um, and not to mention the environmental impact that is that is is hidden. So um, I think they're important conversations. Um, I, again, you're right. It's 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 kind of it <laughs> how to reconcile the speed <laughs> with the excess is 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 the hard one to crack. I don't know the answer, but yeah. We'll see. Did that clash or um Order cancellations, did that result in a bunch of like sales maybe you didn't want to have? Or um, yeah, what's been your promotions process um, in the last couple of months? I think that, you know, for us, we we unfortunately, you know, well, I'm proud of the team for doing it, but it, it kind of is 
is against what, what I just talked about, which is where we need to move is to being leaner, is because of the cancel orders, we had the excess inventory. And so we had to, we, we hosted our first online sample sales um, over the last few months, which we hosted on our own site. Um, and they were successful in terms of um, passing on value to the customer and, and helping us get through that inventory. I think the learning is obviously not putting ourselves in that position and creating uh, partnerships with more transparency transparency, and, and underlining the word partnership. So <laughs> hopefully we can get there. But I think, I think the other thing that's been fascinating for me is um, in the, so many of the direct consumer brands, um, I think there's been kind of an underlining of, of community and partnership amongst those brands in terms of helping each other out. And I've seen a host of brands coming together um, in, in regards to relief for COVID, yeah. um, in helping each other, tap into each other's audiences, but also in terms of helping each other generate traffic. Um, and with the kind of rise of marketplace apps and hosting each other's products on each other's websites that is curated and introducing different brands that, that we love to our customer, which is something we're working on, and I know another, a lot of brands are, it's, it does feel like more of a partnership yeah. and potentially at a, um, you know, at a, at a markup with the union economics that makes sense. It's almost more like an affiliate than a traditional wholesale markup. So yeah. I think it's going to be interesting how that impacts, uh, you know, the dropship model and the wholesale kind of markup um, as brands have started to kind of come together and help each other. Again, it's, cool. it's, it's a grade that is incomplete, but certainly one that I'm excited to watch um, as brands help each other. Yeah, so we can expect to see a marketplace on saludos.com? Correct. That's yeah, we're look, we're, and, and I think also appearing on, on other friends of the brand's um, websites as well. That's awesome. Talk to me about marketing in the last uh, four months. Have you continued to spend on Instagram, digital ads, um, cut back a bit? It's kind of been mixed. I think we... Uh, we've continued to to advertise on on Instagram, Facebook, and and Google, um, but I think we've also kind of cut back. Um, certainly, in June, out of respect for the broader um, kind of cultural movement and and you know the importance of that yeah. um, in regards to to not not being in the feed and, and making sure that we're giving space to more important voices. Yep. Um, and I, I think in April, um, you know, we, we did see um, opportunity in advertising. So, so we did take, you know, we, we focus very much on sneakers and comfort to see how our customer reacts. And over the past month or so, we've, we've kind of taken a step back and, and, um, and I, I think now we're planning the next few months. Good. So we'll see. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I noticed um, your post in response to George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And it was around like June 30th. And it seemed like you were very, you you kind of stepped back, kind of were thoughtful about what you were going to do from here. Um, the feedback from your follower was really positive. Can you tell me about what went into that post, what the plans moving forward, what you want to do from here? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as I mentioned before, just kind of, uh, very much focusing on on listening and and realizing what we don't know and and reaching out to both our community to our team having open conversations um and and not not letting one's own kind of perhaps feeling of inadequacy of not knowing to to not take action 
Um, you know, we're a small company. We're, we're just over 20 uh, in, in our HQ and, and our retail. Um, and so we're kicking off uh, with a, an extraordinary woman called Piper Anderson, who's the founder of an organization called Create Forward um, that advances equity and justice. And so we're doing a, a number of um, sessions with her on, on anti-racism training coming up in August. Um, and then also in terms of speaking to the team, making sure, so we, we now, we changed our policy to give uh, four days of paid leave um, to take part in advocacy, activism, voting. Um, so there's also a fifth day for election day to make sure that nice. people are taking part. That's important to us. Um, and we're, we're matching employee donations and making sure that we're putting in place um, the steps to ensure that we have diversity in our team. Yep. Um, and and to make sure that, that that goes across all the organization in terms of management and leadership roles. Um, so it, I think for us, um, yeah, we, we, we wanted to take the time both to kind of put tools down um, and to to really carefully consider what's what are the right steps for us as an organization um, that that we can we can come out of this wiser and and you know contribute the change that we seek to make. Yeah. So um, it's been it it's been a humbling and really informative um, conversation. You know, we're just at the beginning, so looking forward to learning more. Um, kicking off with, with Piper shortly. Nice. In your marketing, um, I know. In your in, with the influencers you've worked with, um, will that be a big change? Have you always, um, I don't know, yeah, included diversity? Well, first of all, I have to call out that we talked about in the past that sincerely, Jewel. <laughs> at one point, folks thought Jewel. You worked with her so much, you thought people thought Julie was maybe an owner affiliated with the brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but talk to me about your your work with influencers and also maybe how your um, approach will change again to ensure diversity, if at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one of our key goals is to ensure that we're we're inclusive in our casting and and equitable in our compensation with, you know, all of our shoots. I mean, we do four kind of, I guess you would call them campaign type shoots with a more traditional model and photographer for four times a year, um, as well as with influencers. And absolutely right, it's making sure that that there's an that there's representation and equitable compensation across um all of our marketing and that's absolutely top top priority to, to us yeah um and so it's it's very much both in within the organization as well as um you know with all our or all our external partners as well and that's that's so important to us Yes. Has your approach to physical retail changed? I know um, kind of a, an experiential component, having that kind of opportunity to customize and all of that. Um, you know, do pe- will people want to hang out in a store again? What do you think? I think, you know, we so our, so our Williamsburg and LA store in Abikini have been open for the last two weeks. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing talking to our our store managers there um i i th- i you know I, I think it's it's kind of very much wait and see um where with you know the traffic there isn't foot traffic there obviously isn't tourism those are two areas that depend very much on tourism but there are still our customers who come in um and i think what's been great is we've we've started using an app and i forget the name i think it's a hero app yeah that we're trialing where 
um, our store managers can go online and, and reach out to existing customers and kind of show them virtually a kind of virtual showroom approach um, to hopefully build um, closer ties to the customer and help them learn about the product and storytell. Um, in terms of, I think it's just too early to tell in terms of what the future is for experiential retail. Um, my gut tells me that, you know, if, if we've all been kind of in lockdown um, for the last last few months, there's there's a need for that human connection. There's a need for that physical interaction um, that that maybe will, will, will come back out, but I certainly don't think it will be the same. Um, and, you know, we've seen, we've all seen the numbers that in two months, there's been, what, 10 years worth of uh, e-commerce penetration that's shifted online. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's from Black Swan that history doesn't crawl, it jumps. And and suddenly that customer who may have only shopped online, uh, only shopped in stores is now shopping online and very comfortable with it. So um, it's very much wait and see. Yes. Tell me what you told me one time about um, your approach to category expansion. Um, something to do with search in terms of travel. Am I making this up? <laughs> Help me out, Nick. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically about a year ago, we, uh, we did some research and looked within um, you know, Google audience data and found that as our customer, when they were searching for Saludos, we were able to see what relevance, relevancy they have for other search terms. And for us, instead of um, you know, what you might expect in terms of sandals, boots, or, or swimwear, et cetera, it was actually um, trips to Italy, trips to Greece, trips to France. And so the customer is really thinking of us when she travels. Um, and so then for us, the logic was, well, if that is the moment when she's thinking of our brand, um, then it's almost like it's the week or two before and she's about to go on a trip. And so what else is in the suitcase? Um, you know, what are the items that she's going, you know, what is that dress that she's going to, that she can wear between, um, you know, to the day and seamlessly wearing tonight? Um, or maybe it's a suitcase itself. And so it was really interesting to kind of very much build the story and make sure there's a customer fit. Now, obviously, in a world where our customer is not going on a trip to Italy or trip to Greece, uh, it calls into question that strategy. But I think what we're now, we're trying to understand, well, you know, <laughs> what is what is our customer doing when she's thinking of us? And I, and I think certainly this year, it's, it's shifted more to comfort-based yeah. and uh, shifting to these very optimistic embroidery that we found customers, certainly in our reviews, are just saying, when I put these shoes on, they just put me in a good mood and it just makes me feel great. So that's that's kind of the shift we've seen. Um, but hopefully um, in, in, the, in the coming years and coming seasons, uh, we'll, we'll see a resurgence in, in travel and that behavior. Um, so that will, will make more sense. Yeah, where do you see opportunity um, outside of you know clothing, outside of vegan shoes? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I, I think we you know we we launched apparel and um, we actually had a really good reception um, and we had a relatively tight um, collection of, of items and I think within that um, you know we're going to continue um, certainly next spring and summer to expand on the successes and the bright spots we had um, which were very much in in kind of easy dresses and. Um, you know, tees and sweaters that have the the embroidery that we're, we're very much known for. Um, but then we're very much also, I think, open to to testing other 
categories which which you'll see more of in 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 the coming months so excited to share that with you but um yeah thrilled thrilled with yebo and the launch there and i think you know as long as we can keep our ears to the ground and our eyes glued on comments and feedback um and close to the consumer we'll be better off for it yeah tell me about your community what are you doing to kind of keep it tight keep the conversation flowing what's happening yeah so i i think i think the main the main one is is sending out surveys. You know we do we do make calls to customers weekly um, to get feedback. Um, it's a small sample size, but you know that's that's always what I enjoyed most about personally spending time in our stores was meeting, speaking to our customers, finding out how she heard about us or what product. Um, you know, it was her first purchase and what she'd like more of. Also getting really candid feedback and saying, I love this shoe, but I wish there was more support, et cetera. And, and so I think, um, you know, by replacing that with, with phone calls and, and sending out questionnaires as well as um, obviously stories, surveys, um, that, that's kind of the closest that, that we can be. Yes. Anything else you're testing out? Want to ask about your, uh, I guess, selling through Amazon. I know I saw that your, you were part of that recent sale that they had. I don't know what it was called, the fashion sale or something. Anyway, <laughs> is that a successful channel for you? Yeah, I think I think like all brands, I think we're trying to figure out the the best <laughs> the best strategy with Amazon and figure out what what makes sense for us. Um, and so with Amazon, it's it's been successful. Um, you know, I forget what the statistic is. I think it's seventy-five percent or something of all shopping searches start on Amazon. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're necessarily finished, but um, there's certainly intent for that customer for looking for Sludos on Amazon, um, and we think it's important important to be there. Um, you know, there are obviously challenges with with you know the AI driven markdowns that that they do that don't potentially don't really make that much sense. Um, but it's obviously a phenomenal brand. Um, and, you know, Amazon, Whole Foods, um, that, that behemoth is, is a reason probably how the country made it through, through, through this crisis. Um, so um, I think it's important to be where, where the customer is, and she's certainly on Amazon. All right. Last question. Looking at what's next, Marketplace. There's vegan and sustainability. <laughs> there are more categories, TBD. What else can we expect? I think I, <laughs> I think for us, it's, it's, uh, it's also very much slowing things down and, and focusing on quality. Um, I think by shifting so much of, the, of our brand to being direct consumer um, between our retail efforts and um, our own website, um, it's really going deeper on storytelling um, it's going deeper on um, why the product exists in terms of really looking at every detail in terms of our sustainability goals. Um, and so it's it's very much slowing down and focusing on on higher quality products um, that will resonate to the consumer and, and has reason for being. And, and I think that's what gets myself and the team really excited. Um, yeah. and, and that's what leads to kind of you know, our, our growth as well. Because, um, I mean, certainly with Yebo, we've gone down I and mean, we've learned so much. Um, and it, it certainly just carries us to the next product in terms of what else we can do, what, are, what more innovation is out there. Um, so that's, that's what's on the horizon. Learning of the day, you can make shoes with corn, ladies and gentlemen. 
Anyway, <laughs> so interesting. Nick, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jill. Such a pleasure. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre bien Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to give us a rating and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.